In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I was reading somewhere this week uh, that over the course of human history, there's been somewhere around 108 billion people who have ever lived. Uh, I don't know exactly how they came up with that number or how accurate it is, but that's a lot of people, isn't it? 108 billion people. And when I heard that number, two things stuck out to me. First, uh, was, was kind of this healthy uh, but maybe sobering reminder of what a small piece of the bigger puzzle I am, right? I am just one member of a family that stretches back thousands of years and includes 108 billion people and the number's only growing. And it was a reminder to me of, of really kind of how quickly the vast majority of those people are forgotten. We're here one moment and we're gone the next. And it's only a sliver, a little fraction of a percent of people whose names are remembered and whose faces carry on, who, who end up in history books uh, and have movies made about them. Uh, for most of us, uh, we are quickly forgotten, maybe a generation, maybe, maybe two, maybe 10, 20, 30 years, and pretty soon our great-great-great-grandchildren, uh, they've, they've forgotten us, and we kind of drift off into history. Uh, but it, was also, it also made me think that, that there are a few people whose names and faces do continue, people who have, who have left a legacy behind. And I, and I think about them. I, I think of names like George Washington or Rosa Parks or Napoleon uh, or, or Abraham Lincoln, right? People who somehow uh, continue to, to carry on in their influence, people who have made an impact on the world. Uh, uh, recently, I, I was thinking of Billy Graham, uh, most of you know he just passed away a few weeks ago, and he's only been gone a short time. But I, I feel pretty certain in saying that he is one of those people whose legacy will continue. Uh, I read shortly after he passed that uh, over his lifetime, Billy Graham preached face-to-face to 84 million people. Isn't that amazing? The influence he had, the impact that one person was able to have, the legacy he left. Uh, that was amazing. And so when I think of people like Billy Graham or Rosa Parks or Abraham Lincoln or Napoleon, right, sometimes I, I think to myself, I wonder if I could have uh, some sort of influence. Maybe not like them. Maybe I won't end up in a history book. But what kind of impact can I have? And how long will I be remembered? Will my great-great-great-grandchildren one day remember me? I, I, I wonder those kinds of questions. And maybe you do too. Like, like how can I make a difference? Uh, how can I be someone who doesn't just fade into history, but how can I have an impact, uh, or can I have an impact? Can I have an influence on the worlds that I live in? And the answer, I think, is yes. I, I think all of us can. All of us can have an influence. We can leave an impact. All of us can leave lasting legacies. And, and in fact, as I thought about it this week, uh, I think it's even stronger than that. I think all of us here today, each and every one of us, are called to have an impact on the world we live in. We are called to leave behind a legacy. We are called, as God's people, to be influential people. Now, some of you might hear that and you think, no, 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 not me. <laughs> I'm just an ordinary guy or a normal uh, woman. There's nothing special about me. But if that's the case, then, then I would argue then you're actually the perfect person for the job. Uh, Because God has a job for you, uh, an impactful job, a a job that will cause you to leave a a legacy and and to be influential, but the job he has for you, it's really not about you. Now, see, God has really just called each of us here today to be his witnesses. We heard about that in our reading. We heard that word, witnesses. And a, a witness, if you think about it, is really just someone who has seen something or heard something or experienced something and then shares that something, whatever it is. And as God's people, we have been witnesses to the most amazing story of love and grace. 
And now it's our job to share it. And so if we're going to leave an impact on the world, if we're going to have any sort of influence, if we're going to leave a lasting legacy, it's okay that your name doesn't end up in a history book. It's okay that no one's going to make a movie about you that people will watch 50 years from now because who cares about that? What matters is the name of Jesus that is passed down. What matters is that one day people will see his face. We are simply called to be witnesses. And I I think we see a wonderful example of this uh, in our reading for today with the disciples. Uh, The disciples uh, were influential people. I I would argue that without those 12 uh, apostles of Jesus, none of us would be here today. We are standing on their shoulders. They wrote books of the Bible and letters that we read today. They started churches and spread the uh, the word across the world. And without them, we might not be gathered here as we are. These were influential people. But But in another sense, there was nothing really special about these 12 guys, right? They were just ordinary fishermen, tax collectors who went about their business. But but what was special about them is what they saw. Uh, What was unique about them is what they witnessed. They witnessed Jesus. And over the course of three years, they got to see a lot of him. They got to watch as their Savior, Jesus, did the most amazing acts of kindness and generosity, as he healed sick people that no one else wanted to touch, as he welcomed in people that no one else wanted anything to do with, tax collectors and and prostitutes. Uh, They watched as Jesus gave sight to the blind and and hearing to the deaf. They they listened as Jesus spoke and taught and preached and, and, and said the most beautiful things about love. They They received that grace of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus that flowed from the cross. They had seen so much of him. Uh, And then in our reading for today, uh, they get another little glimpse. I I think they thought they never would. Uh, They had seen Jesus die. Some of them had. They had watched as his body was shoved into a, a grave. And it seems as though they think uh, the time of seeing Jesus is over. They're scared. They've huddled together, they've locked the doors, they're in this room, and, and yet right there Jesus shows up again because he wants them in his relentless pursuit of them to witness his grace one more time. And so he shows up in their midst and he says, hey, look at my hands and my feet where those nails went in so you see how much I love you. He, he ate food in front of them so that they would see that his resurrection was real, that he wasn't some sort of ghost, but that he was actually alive, which means that one day they would rise and they would live forever with him. He, he opens the scriptures to them so that they could hear of his promises and his love one more time right there in that room. They get to witness him one last time. And before he leaves, he he sends them out. Uh, Before he leaves, he tells them to do what witnesses do, to to share what they've seen and heard and experienced. You see, that's what I think we are called to do. Uh, Each and every one of us, I know, in this room, has received the grace of Jesus. You've come to this place, many of you, uh, for weeks, some of you, for others of you, years, decades even. And right here, you have seen and heard and received the love of Jesus. Uh, others of us, we've, we know the love of Jesus because we know how, how far we've wandered away. And, and we know that there's been years or decades in our lives where we've lived in our little self-absorbed bubble and, and we've turned our back on Jesus. But We've also experienced how the moment that we turned around to look for him, to see where he was, he was still right there and he had never left us. And Others of us, many of us, we've come to this altar and we've knelt down before our God as he has poured out to us 
his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And he just freely gave it away. And he did that after six days of us lost in our sin. We spent six days uh, lying and gossiping and lusting, living lives of jealousy and anger and hatred. And, and yet as we turned from that and we knelt down before them, here he was just ready to pour out the most amazing gifts before us. We've experienced right here his grace. Uh, others of us, we've had times in our lives where, where our prayers have dried up. We, we've, we've barely given God a thank you for, for all he's done for us. And yet when we needed him, when we cried out to him and said, where are you, God? He was listening. All of you here today, I, I know from talking with you, you've, you've experienced the grace of Jesus. I know from talking to some of you, you've been and found yourself in very hopeless places. You've sat in hospital rooms, in funeral homes, places of, of darkness and, and even death. And, and from talking to you, I know for some of you, the only thing that has gotten you through is that grace of Jesus and his promise of life everlasting and the reminder that even there in that hopeless place, he is with you. All of you have experienced it and what we're called to do now is share it. <laughs> you share it as you uh, read a, a picture Bible storybook to your kids or your grandkids or your nephews and through those simple words, you are having an impact. You're leaving a lasting legacy. Uh, you're leaving influence. It, it happens as you, uh, as you get out of your car one day in the driveway, you park your car, a long day at work, and you look across the yard and you see your neighbor, and she's getting out of her car too. And you notice from a distance, you don't talk to her much, but you notice from a distance she's crying, and so you, you kind of work yourself up and you think, I got to go say something. And so you walk across the yard and, and you ask her if she's okay, and, and she says, well, actually, my husband just died. I just got back from the hospital. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to talk to. I, I, I'm totally lost right now. And as you hold her hand, because it's the only thing you can think to do, and as you offer up some stumbling prayer, the words are just kind of falling out of your mouth, maybe a prayer that you look back on and you think, oh my goodness, I blew it. There are so many things I didn't say. But, but even there in that moment, through those stumbling words, you are having an impact. You're, you're leaving a lasting legacy of, of greatness in the kingdom of God because you are calling out to him and leaning into his grace. And it happens when your best friend comes to you and they've just lost their job and they don't know where to turn and they're scared about the future and as you speak to them, all of those cliches that we, we tend to say, you know, it'll be okay, God has a plan, Jesus loves you and, and you think to yourself, why can't I be more eloquent? You know, why, why couldn't I think of something better to say? But even in, in those cliched words, God is working. You're having an impact. You're, you're bringing the kingdom of God there to that place. You're leaving a lasting legacy of Jesus. You see, in order to, to have an impact on the world, you don't need to have some sort of dramatic conversion experience to tell about. You, you don't need to think of some tear-jerking story to pull on people's heartstrings. You don't have to wait until you've memorized a thousand and one Bible verses in order to be his witness. All you have to do is to share what you've experienced, <laughs> is, is to talk about and, or write about the love your Savior has for you. Uh, I, I was reading uh, this week as I was getting ready for this uh, a, a number of articles about the power and the impact of eyewitness testimony, uh, specifically when it comes to court cases, courtroom cases and trials. And 
Uh, it was interesting because when they've uh, polled and asked juries after court cases have finished, and I think most of this was regarding murder cases, but they would ask the, the juries, you know, what was the most impactful piece of evidence? You know, what was it that confirmed for you what you thought or changed your mind? You know, we live in a world with so much scientific uh, data and, and DNA testing and all sorts of things, and so they ask juries, you know, what was it for you that sealed the deal, guilty or not guilty? And, and jury after jury, even today, continues to say, eyewitness testimony. Uh, you know, the, the woman who shared what she saw there at the scene, or the little boy who, who talked about what he heard uh, through a, a closed door. It's the eyewitness testimony that always has the biggest impact on juries. And, and what that tells me uh, regarding our faith is that our witness is powerful. Uh, people want to hear it, and when we share what we've seen, it is very impactful. We have the ability to influence people in our faith. A- again, uh, it's, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. So, so, so share what you've seen be- because it changes lives. Uh, The other really interesting or maybe ironic thing is that while eyewitness testimony is highly impactful, it is also, as you would probably guess, highly unreliable, (laughs) right? Uh, We we very quickly forget what we've seen. In fact, uh, most studies say that an hour after you've seen something, you've already forgotten 50% of it. So by 11 a.m. this morning, you all will have forgotten 50% of what went on here. And by the time you're eating dinner tonight, Uh, you'll remember a tiny fraction of a percent. And I say that not to discourage you in your witness, uh, but as an encouragement to say, uh, all of us here today, uh, no matter how much we've grown up in the church or how much of the Bible we might know, we need to continue to witness Jesus. (laughs) Because once is never enough. You can't come to church and think, oh, I heard about God's love, I'm good now. No, we're forgetful. By 11 a.m., you're going to forget half of this. And so we need to come to church week after week after week, and we're going to hear the same message week after week, that we're sinners who need Jesus, but we need to hear that. We need to not just hear it on Sundays, though. We need to hear it on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and all throughout the week. We need to open up our Bibles at home to read about his love. We need to talk about it with other Christians in small groups and Bible studies. We need to pray and call out to him because we can never witness enough Jesus. And if we're going to share it, then we have to fill our lives with it. But when we do that, we're going to witness an amazing Savior. The more time we spend with Jesus in our prayers, in our Bible studies, in our worship, uh, with our friends gathered together, we're going to continue to see the amazing love of our Savior, the one with the holes in his hands and in his feet where the nails went in, the one who was promised through centuries. The more we look to Jesus, the more we'll see that relentless pursuit of grace for sinners like you and me. In his name. Amen.